0: back to week two of Hope Has a Name. Today, I get to welcome one of my besties, my maid of honor, my glitter sister, who also happens to be a super wife and mom. And oh, did I mention that she writes hit songs that she not only sings on, but are played on hit shows like Selling Sunset and Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Well, today she is joining us to help dig deeper into the names Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Shalom. Being right around the holidays, I'm in need of this reminder right about now. So please give a warm Cultivate Hope welcome to my girl, Carmen Justice. Hello, hello. Excited to be here. I'm so excited you're here. This is going to be such a good episode. And real quick, we got to tell the people that there is something special going on simultaneously
1: this at this time during the holidays. What did you just release? Oh my gosh. So I just released my Christmas single, which is actually my second Christmas single to release, uh, which is a cover of It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, because truly it is the most wonderful it time is. of the year. I love the holidays. Um, so go check out my new single. And then I also released an original Christmas song, few weeks ago called every day is a holiday. So I'm just like, so stoked that it's finally oh. almost Christmas time and got the tree ready. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: You love Christmas almost as much as me. No, I think we love it about the same amount. I'm like obsessed.
1: Yeah. I mean, oh, it's, it's really just an excuse to put cr- glitter around our house. Truly. Truly. Yeah. we're just glittertastic
0: people. Like if I could have, <laughs> I've actually talked to Jake about this. If I could have like my way, like just my way, cause we have like a family tree. We have all of that what I really want is like my own special tree and like a special part of the house mm. where it's like pink and glitter and just like, like glitter everywhere, just blown up glitter ornaments. Yes. Glitter. The tree has glitter on it. Like the, everything on the tree has glitter on it. Just glitter from top to bottom. I'm hundred
1: percent tracking. Oh, a hundred percent. I feel like we can relate in this in this area, glitter is a, is our favorite color,
0: True, It is. It is our favorite color because it's a neutral in our closet. That's how we connect. Yeah. And that's that's like the basis of our friendship, which is actually very <laughs> rock solid. That's like a cement floor here. So we have a very solid. Oh my gosh. Floor. I mean,
1: we've been friends for now what? Like over a decade? Oh God. Oh God. Yeah, you're right. What? That's, crazy. That's crazy to think about. It feels like we've lived probably three lifetimes.
0: It's true. You know? together (laughs) it's so true actually funny story how we met do you remember how we met i mean it
1: was like officially
0: so we met like we kind of like knew of each other through mutual friends but i think it was sophomore year and we both were music majors at belmont um vocal music majors and we had this thing that we had to get called um what were they called
1: oh gosh um convos convo convocation credit Yes. But it was for like,
0: like the school had convocation credit that everybody had to get. And then we had music convocation credit that we had to get. What were those called? That was something different, but it was like the yeah, same something thing. like but that. just specifically yeah. for music students. So you had to go to a certain amount of like performances and shows and stuff of people performing, like twist my arm. That's not a big deal. However, we were behind in our credits and I believe it was the end of the semester. And there was like one last concert and it was... The big long like Handel's Messiah. (laughs) That's what it was. It was Handel's Messiah, and we were like, "Crap! If I don't go to this, I'm not going to pass. Like I yeah, and I'll like I won't be able to move forward next semester. This is not okay." So we were like in the same boat so we met in front and we're like okay will you just sit with me through this and we like would write notes to each other during it like on the program and stuff and color and just be silly it was the only way i would have made it through that like not that I don't appreciate Handel's Messiah. I think it's stunning. It's so beautiful. But like, right? You guys know the day and age we're in. Like Handel's Messiah is really freaking long. It's a couple hours. And oh
1: yeah, so there's long, no right? We were we were also like 19. Like I even think like now yeah. if I sat through it, I'd be like, oh, like I really appreciate this or whatever. And yeah. like just a moment of silence or something. But then we were like, oh my gosh, like how long is this thing gonna be? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I do remember that there was no
0: intermission, but. Yeah, my attention span was not mature enough to handle right. that on my own. So that's how we met and we clicked from then on. It was awesome. Actually, it was so funny. In college too, Carmen, when we met, she was dating somebody at the time who was a good friend and I was like their third wheel. <laughs> like they would call me and say, hey, can we come pick you up? We're going to go eat. I'm like, yes. Yes. I was truly. like, I'm just always around and it was great and I loved it. I loved every minute. So that's kind of how we know each other. But Carmen, because it's your first time on the podcast, I want you to give the listeners the answer to the question we ask everybody, which is, "What is your definition of hope?"
1: Which is probably the biggest uh, <laughs> question.
0: Deal. <laughs> casual.
1: Super it's casual. Like, hope. hey, what's the meaning of life? Like, that's right. <laughs> like, what's your definition of hope? I mean, for me, it's it's just um, believing in more, believing that there's more than what you currently are seeing. And I think for me, there's been so many moments in my life where it's easy for me to just see the problem right in front of me and be like, God, how is this going to work out? Like, I don't see how this is gonna work or seeing a circumstance or seeing you know, what feels hopeless. And But hope to me is just believing but in something, it, believing in more, right? Believing that it. it's, a, it's a comma, not a period.
0: Yes. I love that. Common on yes. That's good. That is so good. <laughs> I love everyone's definitions. It makes me so happy to hear every time because I feel like I get a new perspective and a new, what do we talk about in songwriting when we were in college and we were, Carmen and I, actually, this is so funny. I think I was your first co-write. You I, think were. I, was... I was your first co-write you up in my uh, tower. I do remember that. It <laughs> <laughs> was so much fun. I loved it. I was like so honored. It's like songwriting and the fact that when when I was in college and I was in a songwriting class, they teach you that you can write about the same topic, but it's like standing in the center of a room and there's doors like in a circle around you. And you just have to look through every door to kind of see which way you want to kind of come at it. And that's what makes a good song. That's why there's a million songs about the same topic, but they all feel different and unique. And so I feel like it's the same thing with this idea of hope is everybody comes at it from a different life experience, a different perspective, um, different season that they're in different things they're dealing with in their life. So- I love that. That's so good.
1: good. Not a period,
0: guys. So today, Carmen, I asked each of my guests to pick two of the names of God, since that's what we're talking about, two names of God that resonate with them the most that they feel like has an impact in their personal story, um, where they feel like they understand that piece of God's character. And Carmen, tell us the first one that you chose.
1: So the first one is God will provide. So when Sarah brought this to me, I was like, man, I hope I do this justice because I feel like to truly dive into this, I would need to like go to seminary school. But I think for me, I'm just going to share what I personally have walked through where I feel like this name that we can call God is, has just been so obvious in my life. And the reason why I picked the Jehovah Jireh the Lord will provide is like, there's just been times for me where, I mean, I just remember when, Matt and I got married this is just one example of many yeah. we went on our honeymoon and we were like broke as a joke like we just I remember well, we got in there if you
0: didn't start your marriage that way right <laughs> there's <laughs> something extra you get when you start at the bottom I feel like there's like oh an extra like gravitas that you carry with you in your
1: marriage when you start at the bottom together you know oh a hundred percent well and like so him and I like we come from very very amazing like two amazing homes, but we, you know, we're self-made, I guess. What? And we went on our honeymoon and I remember specifically coming back from our honeymoon, we had like $17 in our bank account. And we were like, crap, like we spent it all, you know, we were just <laughs> not, not probably not responsible. I don't know, but we just were like, crap, we have to wait till you get paid. And I don't know, just really living that like, okay, God's going to have to provide for us to like pay our bills and that kind of thing. And so I feel like fast forward to now I've seen God provide in so many ways. And so I, I don't know, that name just means a lot to me because I've seen it firsthand how God can provide when it just seems like there's
0: no way. Yeah. I love that because honestly, I feel like the idea of Jehovah Jireh, as it's referred to in the Bible, like I'll give you a little background. Um, The first place that it's used in scripture in the main place that we refer to it is in Genesis when Abraham, God asked him as kind of a test of obedience to sacrifice his son, his only son, Isaac on the altar to the Lord, like God asked for his son. And that had never been done before. Like God doesn't ask for people. He only had ever asked for um, animal sacrifices and that was it. And so at this point, um, God asked him for his son and he's like, are you kidding me? Like what? But Abraham was so dedicated to the Lord. And if you listen to last week's episode where I talk about, um, this whole situation with, with God giving Abraham and Sarah, their first child, you'll know how important Isaac was to them. Isaac was their one and only. He was the miracle baby. He was the one that, that they never thought they would get. And God provided there. And so for God to ask him to sacrifice his only child was huge, but Abraham was so faithful and trusted the Lord so much that he said, yes, you know, as you wish, I'll do it. So they tracked up this hill and he's like determined to do it. And Isaac's like carrying the wood that he's going to be sacrificed on. Like he's carrying the sacrificial tools that they use to sacrifice lambs and animals. And they're walking up this hill and he, you know, Isaac's asking his dad's his dad questions about the sacrifice, and he's like, Dad, we don't have anything to sacrifice. what like, where's the animal? We didn't take we're not bringing the animal to the altar. And Abraham just looks at him and says, the Lord, he's gonna provide. It's fine. but he uses a different word at the time. The Lord's gonna provide. He's gonna bring you know something. it'll be fine. like it's it's already there. It'll be there. So they walk up, he's just trying to like divert his attention. once they get to the top of the hill, they're setting up this altar, and all of a sudden, you know, Isaac realizes, oh my gosh, it's me. (laughs) And Isaac's like, you know, this is what the Lord asks." And so lays him down and literally is like, like knife in the air, ready to sacrifice his son to the Lord. I can't even imagine, like, I cannot even imagine that kind of, I wish I was obedient to the Lord. And I could say that I was like so sold out, but I don't think comparing like comparatively, I could ever actually say I was sold out. I want to be sold out. That's a goal. I
1: I know. I was thinking about this story too. And I was like, I, now that I have a daughter, she's a little over one years old. And I'm like, I actually cannot imagine this now. And I, you know, and I know the old Testament times were like different with the way that they sacrificed to the Lord and that kind of thing. So it's so different than now. Like, right. If I was like, hey, I'm gonna sacrifice my daughter to the Lord, people would be like, You have you're crazy, right? Like I mean, it goes so, so far as to say even like your dog
0: or like your cat, like they sacrifice yeah. animals, right? That was normal to them. Like that part was normal. I'm like, yeah. I cannot imagine doing right, that, you know, if so the Lord. Crazy. So, anyways, they're at the top of this hill, Abraham's about to do the thing, and then all of a sudden the angel of the Lord says, Stop. Don't do that. Don't touch your son. And of course, I can imagine Abraham's like overwhelming relief, like, oh my God, thank you. Like he probably had to really hype himself up and like detach to, you know, be in that space. But I, I, again, don't know how you could even do that. But he was so obedient to the Lord that the Lord was like, I see you, you pass the test, you have my heart and I trust you with my people now. Like I know that I can trust you for generations and generations and you're, you're the right choice to choose to carry on my legacy. So immediately after that, they look kind of to the bushes and out comes a lamb, a perfect lamb. And that's when Abraham said for the first time, you are Jehovah Jireh. And they actually named that altar, that area Jehovah Jireh, or Jireh the Lord will provide because he provided the lamb. who will always provide what we need because at the time it looked like we have nothing. Like, what do we do? And I think that's the coolest part of the story is when we think of God as provider, it's like when it looks like there's no way, like you said, when it looks like there's no way something's going to work out, when it looks like there's no answer to a problem, all of a sudden you look over and it's like, you know, the same idea of streams in the desert, like God makes streams in the midst of a desert. It comes out of nowhere. So even when we feel completely desperate and we're like, I don't know how it's going to work out, God provides.
1: Yeah. No, I think too, like, I know I touched on like financial, like the financial side of things, which is the first thing I think that comes to mind for me. But then I think in a lot of ways I've seen God provide in non tangible ways or like non-financial ways. So like, if I'm like, God, I don't like I have this dream and I know God's given me this dream and he's placed it on my heart, but I have no clue how I'm going to get from point A to point B. And I've just seen God provide the right door opening or God providing like the right person. And where it just literally feels like this is nothing other than God doing this and orchestrating these things, because I couldn't have done this in my own power. Like someone was asking me recently, um, how I like, got into like some of the music stuff I'm working on right now. And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Like, I just happen to be at the right place at the right time working with this person on this specific day. Like it's literally that specific that I think God just works in such detail and will provide um, just like, if he has a plan for your life, he's gonna provide a way for things to work out the way they're supposed to. I would even encourage anyone listening that if you have a dream on your heart and you're going, God, I know that you're giving me the stream, but I have no clue how it's going to happen. Just know that when you just take steps, like, you know, it's like the scripture that says, Lord is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Think about a lamp, like it only illuminates so far, right? So he's only going to illuminate your next step. He's not going to illuminate the whole path necessarily, but he'll illuminate that just each step. And so if you just take those baby steps and just walk with the Lord, He will provide, he will provide the right people, the right finances, or just whatever it is that you feel like there's no way, like God will always provide that way when you're walking with him, when you're walking in step with him. Right.
0: And I feel like it's so funny when I think of like God providing in my own life, I go back to financial stuff too. Like immediately, that's like the first place I go is like he provided financially because I think money is... It's what gets us the things that we need essentially Right, you know, provides our needs back then they didn't necessarily use the same thing, traded things. Like it was a little bit different, you know, like if they needed corn or whatever, like maybe one tribe would trade like one of their animals and then they would kind of do right. business that way. We do it very different. We need money in order to get anything. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's a place where we can feel a lot of desperation. And when I I think back to, kind of the beginning of our marriage too, because we kind of started from the bottom too. I remember when we lived in Nashville, like right after we got married, we were in this little townhouse, um, which you probably remember. It was so cute. So tiny with Sophia. And I remember I figured out how to live off of groceries, spending $50 a week.
1: Which is crazy. How did I do that? How? like, can you give me, give me your tips now? now? <laughs> I don't even
0: know, how, but we ate well. Like it was always enough. There was always plenty. Right. We still had people over. Like, I don't even know. It, it almost feels like that five loaves and two fish story. Like, I don't know if right. you multiplied that Lord, but it feels and it felt at the time like you multiplied it because yeah. $50 a week for me, my husband, and we had a baby at the time who was... On formula, because she was over six months, I had just stopped breastfeeding her. She she was on formula. She was on baby food, like all these extra things. We still had to buy yeah. diapers, all of this stuff. Like I wasn't working because I had to be yeah. home I don't know how. We weren't <laughs> then working at the time. Yeah. So I'm like, how did we survive? But the Lord I... provided.
1: Yeah. The five loaves and two fish. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> it was like almost like he made extra. Like he, I feel like sometimes he made stuff just like, go further than it normally would. Even with leftovers and things like that, like it just went further.
1: Yeah, for sure. Crazy. Just crazy. He always does that. that. Won't he do it? Won't he do Won't it? Won't he do it? And I feel
0: like too, this leads into like the next, this leads into the next name that you chose, I think is this idea of because God is a provider, because that is who he is, that's his character. How do we respond to that? You know, how do we respond to his character? What how are we supposed to be different because we know that's who he is as Christians. What makes us look different than anybody else walking around that doesn't have any hope or faith when we do know that our God is a provider.
1: Right. Well, I feel like it's the next one that we were talking about, which is the Lord is peace, like, which is Jehovah Shalom. And I feel like peace is something that I I feel like I can't talk about this unless I bring up my daughter because my daughter's name is Naomi Yes, and uh, her name means peaceful and pleasant. And just the word peace, I've kind of dug into more of the last year than I ever have. Yeah. And um, I feel like going back to what we we're saying about how the Lord provides, um, I feel like when you know that God provides, you live in a state of peace. Yeah. God is, is just peace. And the reason I bring up my daughter is because like, I think when you have a newborn, you think about the opposite of peace, you think of chaos and you think of like, just, you know, baby crying and asleep and all the stereotypical things. But I feel like over the last year, I have seen God firsthand just like show me what peace truly looks like. And I think peace doesn't look like a lot of times what we think of like silence, you know, like if you think of peace, like, oh, you're sitting by a river and it's just silent. Like I think peace can be a baby crying and peace can be your house being chaotic or whatever, because peace is like, when, when you're walking with God, when you have this sense of like, God's going to take care of my needs, like God's going to, you know, provide milk for my baby, or God's going to, um, like, if she's sick, God will heal her, like God, there's this sense of, peace knowing that God will take care of our every little need mm-hmm. and I've seen that so many times in the last year where I've been like totally out of my own strength and totally in this place of like God I have no clue what I'm doing I'm a first time mom over here have yep. absolutely no clue what I'm doing except for just googling things which is sometimes not a good thing to do and like it's yeah. a rabbit yeah. trail but really you know but to be like man. God I don't know what I'm doing can you fill this gap Lord I need you to fill this gap for me and like give me peace that you're going to show me what to do and show me how to parent well and show me like what the next steps are. And I've never experienced more peace than I have in the last year, which is kind of crazy. Cause I think going into motherhood, I thought it would be the opposite. I thought like it would just make my life, which, you know, there is chaos, but I thought it sure. would be yeah. like, Oh, your life's over. Whatever. I think nope, everyone thinks that until they have them. Oh everyone my gosh. It's that. just it's been the most like humbling and most like, joyful time of my life. Cause I, I see God every day. I'm like, right. how is this a living, breathing, beautiful little girl that I get to be the mom of, you know, it's just, it's definitely like a state of peace. I feel like I've been walking in more than ever because I, I think I'm not acting in my own strength. I'm like having to rely on God providing.
0: That's so good. I feel like we sometimes get the word peace mixed up with like stop. Like yeah, in order to to have peace, you have, everything has to stop. And I think that's interesting. Like when we think of like when Jesus talked about peace, when he calmed the sea, he said, peace, be still. And I think it's really telling that he said peace and be still because peace doesn't always mean that everything's still. I feel like this is my perception and this is just like I was reading it to prepare reading this story. Yeah. I'm like, I want to hear like Jesus talk about peace. I want to know his perspective. And I was looking at the story and I'm like, you know what? I feel like, honestly, because he said both of those words, peace, be still, I feel like they were separated. And I feel like the be still was for the water, but the peace was for the men.
1: Mm, I feel yeah. like he's
0: saying, hey, because he was mad at him afterwards. He's like, yeah. why, why are you so fearful? Like I'm here. You have. You should have a different type of peace than the world. You should be good in the midst of the situation and chill. You should be sleeping down here with me. Like we should all be having a slumber party resting and not worried about this because you know that I got you, you know, I'm the provider. You know, know that I have, I have your back. I've got you, you're safe. Nothing's going to happen to you that I have not said okay to like, you're good. And I feel like when he said, peace, be still, he's like, y'all need peace, water, be still. And I think it's interesting you said it in that order too, because like peace, now be still. You have peace yeah. in the midst of this, now be still. Because I think a lot of us don't know how to rest in the midst of chaos. And I think peace and rest can be a little bit synonymous um, where not rest, like go to sleep. Like, I'm not saying you should necessarily sleep in the midst of a storm, like not literally, but the idea that you're able to like have a resting heart rate, you know, to that you're able yeah. to just know that not worry about what's next, not fear for your life, not nothing like that. Nothing that takes energy to expel from you that is
1: wasted. Things like that. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, you know, I think it's huge to take our thoughts captive of like, Mm -hmm. what are we filling our lives with? Because, and I've been convicted about this lately, just because in order to have peace, it's like whatever you're filling your mind with and whatever you are choosing to like Spend your days doing. That's honestly what we're going to be putting out too. Like what goes in will come out. Just in our, you know, we're constantly on our phones. There's just horrible TV shows, horrible oh, movies. Yes. It's, like, it's gotten worse. You know, it's so bad. It's, you know, and I, I anything to watch. to, yeah. Well, and I was talking to a friend recently. And she was just saying how she's been so anxious lately, just very anxious. And I feel like anxiety and depression, those things are so talked about now as things a lot of people are struggling with. And she was talking about how anxious she was. And then, you know, 15 minutes later, we were just talking about TV shows and she was saying how she was watching this like horror document documentary on oh. Netflix and, <laughs> you know, and watching these like murder mystery things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what if what if you like you know (laughs) stop filling your mind with these things and like not not that that's the answer to all anxiety and depression because you know a lot of times extra help is needed but I do think there's something to what we're filling our minds with Mm -hmm. is is going to like if we're filling our minds with with good things and peaceful things and if that's what we're spending our time doing I I genuinely think we would be at, at rest and at peace more. Um, because we would be focusing on like, what would like, would God, I don't know, like, not that it's a legalistic thing, but like, yeah. would God want me to be filling my mind with this? And like, I've been even thinking about that with some of the shows that I watch, like, Oh my goodness, is this putting like peace into my home or is this putting like anxiety into my home? Right. And so, um, I don't know. I think that's been a huge thing for me lately. That's really important. Well, cause for peace is also a fruit of the spirit.
0: And the fruit of the spirit, the spirit lives in us. So I feel like whatever we take in that creates either a hospitable or a hostile environment for that fruit to grow. And whatever environment you cre- create inside of you is where that fruit is going to have to root. And if it's rooted in something that's stressful or that is in essence anxious, like I'm watching horror films, horror films are the purpose is anxiety, like that's the whole thing, is to give you an adrenaline right. rush that stemmed from anxiety and fear and all of that. That's that roots somewhere that creates a hostile environment for peace to exist. And I feel like, especially when it comes to like fear, fear and peace can't coexist. Right, they just can't. Right. you can't have peace and be fearful at the same time. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, if you're feeling unrest. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, okay, well, am I creating a hostile environment? What am I putting in there? And, you know, am I accepting things that would enhance or aggravate the regular stressors of my life? Because we all have regular stress. We all have things that that are out of our control, but what you can control, I feel like, is that whole idea of protecting your temple and knowing that your temple is where the Holy Spirit lives and the Holy Spirit, that fruit is peace. And if you want that fruit, if you want to taste that fruit, if you want to be able to offer that fruit to other people, you have to create a really hospitable environment for that to grow. And that's just yeah. our stewardship. That's our responsibility as Christians. You know? Yeah, that's so good. And that's so good. I want to mention real quick the story behind Jehovah Shalom. Comes from Judges. So, right after Genesis, it's in Judges 6, it talks about um, Gideon, the story of Gideon. I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to give you a quick rundown. Um, the Midianites were harassing Gideon and his people and the Israelites. They were harassing them every time that they would grow food or do anything to take care of themselves. The Midianites would come in and they would take all of it. They would uproot things, they would take their cattle, they would take everything that they've done. So the Israelites were having to almost like hoard and hide anything that they would produce. So Gideon at the time was really young. He was not an old dude. One day he was working in the field trying to actually like hide food. Like that was what he was doing at the time was he was trying to like hide food for his family so it wouldn't be stolen by the Midianites. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the field and was like, hey, the Lord has chosen you. He, you know, he's going to save the people. He's, he's come to you. He wants to talk to you. And Gideon at first is like, I'm sorry. He's a little sassy, which I relate with a lot because as you all know, I identify the most <laughs> with, as an eight on the Enneagram. And so I feel like I talk to the Lord that way quite a bit. And I could probably use a little bit more respect and reverence on my part, but he did that. He was super honest. He's like, God, I'm like, well, where have you been? I don't How do I even know that's you? Where have you been? Why have you allowed this to happen to us? And God's super honest with him. He's like, well, first of all, y'all haven't been obedient. So there's that. You're not really listening to me. So the fruit of that isn't going to be there. Number one. And number two, I always love you. He said he, he recommitted himself. He said, I always love you. I always care for you. I'm going to deliver you. That's my, that's my commitment to you. That's our covenant. I'm going to deliver you and Gideon, I'm going to use you to do it. And Gideon was like, uh, first of all, what? Second of all, like the men that I've got, I have the smallest, like I am the weakest, smallest member of my entire community. I have the smallest amount of men. We are the absolute weakest. How on earth are we going to win this? Like you're sending me off to die basically. And how characteristic of God is that since we're talking about the character of God, to pick the weakest, the smallest, the most doubtful people to do His will and to to bring about the biggest outcome, which is I just think is so cool that he does that over and over and over again. So anytime you feel yeah. like he can't use you, just look at the Bible. It's literally every story. He does not use the biggest, mightiest, most visible. He uses the least visible, the smallest, the people who think that nothing can be done of them. So anyways, the angel says, Okay, well this is you're who God's chosen. And to test him, to make sure it was the Lord, because he still wasn't totally sure. He's like, if I'm gonna friggin put myself in harm's way and do this whole thing, I'm I need you to prove to me that you are the lord and so what i want you to do is i want you to stay here i'm going to go back i'm going to get a gift which was he wanted to make a sacrifice to the lord i'm going to get a gift i'm going to come back and i want you to stay like if you just stay here don't go when i leave like just stay and so he comes back with this thing the lord stayed the angel of the lord stayed and directed him what to do he said make this you know your sacrifice right here on this rock kind of gave him specific instructions of like how to bring it to the lord in his presence type thing And immediately, once he finished that, it went up in flames, like it, like the rock turned to fire and it evaporated and the Lord accepted his offering. And he knew right then. And he said, the Lord said to him, he made him a promise. He said, go and fight this battle. You will not die. You can rest, have peace. He specifically said, have peace. You will not die. And that's when Gideon said to him, you are Jehovah Shalom you are peace. Essentially you are peace. Not, Mm -hmm. I have peace when I'm with you, not necessarily I have peace because of what you said. It was you are peace, which I think is super, super interesting because he just defined God in this new way of saying, as long as I am under you, as long as I am in, in the covenant with the Lord, he is peace. I'm not going to experience anything that he didn't foresee anything that isn't under his control. I love that story because I think it's just another identifier of the Lord where it's not just something that I think we get confused where we say, it's just, you know, something God gives us. It's just like a gift where he does give peace in a way, like it's a fruit of the spirit. That's one of his gifts, but it's who he is just like love. He is the source of love because he is love. He is the source of peace because he is peace, you know? Yes, that's so
1: good. Oh my goodness.
0: I love it. I just love it. I love the foundations of these these words and where they come from because it's so significant when the first time it happens. And then I always love to looking forward and seeing where it happens again and if there's a through line and how that connects. I just, yes. I that's so cool. And I think walking into Christmas, peace is so important since we're doing the holiday special talking about God's character. And we talk about a silent night. We take talk about the peace that came through through Jesus' birth well, Jesus birth was chaotic. Like it was crazy. You know, right. he was born in the manger. Mary was riding a freaking donkey at nine months pregnant. Can you imagine? Oh, can on.
1: Imagine? Imagine? She was probably so uncomfortable.
0: Literally like guys, I was in a plane, like a little tiny plane with some family members um, back when I was eight months pregnant with my second. And I thought I was going to die. Like, I thought I was going to be on mm-hmm. the floor of this little tiny plane giving birth and I was eight months pregnant. Thank God he hung on. He actually hung on quite long. He was a week late, but that probably solidified it. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. Not, not in this mess. This is, chaotic. <laughs> but I just think of it. I'm like in the midst of the chaos and in the midst of Mary, probably feeling the most uncomfortable ever while she's getting ready to labor, she's sitting on this donkey. There's nowhere for them to go. And then all of a sudden in the midst of all of this, you hear the first cry of the King, the newborn King, who is also the Messiah. How crazy is
1: that? Oh my goodness. There was probably so much peace amongst the chaos because I'm thinking like the first time I heard my daughter cry, it's, it is that sense of peace of like, oh, she's here. She's finally here. And I'm like, how much more so was it when Jesus was born of like, oh my gosh, he's here. Like the Messiah is here. And just that sense of peace of like, okay, we're, we're going to be taken care of. Like, this is what the prophets have like prophesied for. Like he's finally here. Like, I
0: I just can't imagine. It's the coolest thing. It's so And they waited so long. Like, wasn't it like 400 years since the first prophecy and there was silence from God until that happened. It was like 400 years of absolute silence. And then Jesus, and then John the Baptist, like was like the first mention of, Hey, Messiah is coming. And then Jesus came like. 400 years of silence from God. Yeah. These people were following generation after generation without a fresh word from the Lord. You know? Yeah, no, that's, that's so crazy. true. And they it's had the peace in the And I think the peace in the midst of it was not necessarily the peace of the situation, but the peace of the knowing that, okay, things are about to shift. And I know a lot of people thought it would shift politically at the time, but that's not why God came. He came to shift hearts, to shift our. Mm-hmm our eternity to shift our fate essentially so that mm-hmm. we can be with God forever. And there's such a peace in that. I have such a peace in that idea that Jesus came so we could spend eternity with him because I, what do I fear now? Death. Well, I'm not going to die. So
1: that's great. I'm not going oh, to, okay. I'm, I
0: live for eternity. Like I close my eyes here and I open
1: them in heaven. It's done. Right, right. There's so much peace to that. There's such a lack of peace in our world, I think. Yeah around death and around just death and life. Like, I think there's just, um, like I was saying, just like that anxiety that I think people are living with. And when you know who God is, when you know that not only does he give peace, but he literally is peace. Mm -hmm. And if you're lacking that in your life, you just have to get to know him and he, he will bring that peace to your life. Like that is the best thing that we can know as believers that, we literally carry that. And I believe that like when we walk into rooms, like we can mm-hmm. shift atmospheres because yes. we hold that peace. Like there's been times where um, like me as a songwriter, I've walked into rooms where I don't think anyone else believes in God. And they're like, I can almost like feel it. Like, oh, okay. There's like this anxiety in the room. Like truly yeah. I've felt that before, mm-hmm. but like I've carried this piece and I've had this this one guy, he was like, how are you so like, at peace? Like, how are, like, what do you have? And I like got to share my faith with him. I think he proclaimed to be like Buddhist or something. I don't even really uh, think he practiced it. To be honest, I think he just, just picked said, one Russian relay <laughs> of <on> the religions. <laughs> exactly. He was like, Oh, that religion. Seems cool. that, that sounds good. Yeah. And, but I got to share my faith with him. And I mean, I think that that is what we carry. I think people sense that when we carry that peace of God with us, that when everybody else is stressed out, when everyone else is like, you know caught in the drama of something or caught in like you know the circumstance in front of them we have the chance to bring peace to the chaos we have the chance to say to like almost have that bird's eye view at all times like to say hey like i know that this is what our circumstance says however god is bigger than that like like the god i know brings peace to these kinds of things and so we're not going to live in the stress we're not going to live in this chaos we're going to say I believe that God will do bigger things. I believe that he'll bring us through this. And um, and it's just amazing to see what God will do when we bring peace to peaceless situations. Yes,
0: yes. So Carmen, before we wrap, I want to know, what are some ways that you think could be good practices for us? Like, how can we get in a space to experience God as as these two things to experience God as a provider without obviously like selling all of our possessions and just sitting there in the middle of the road and saying, I have nothing. You're going to come pick me up. Like <laughs> besides that, how can we get to know God tangibly as our provider? And how can we get to put ourselves in like position ourselves to experience God as our peace?
1: Hmm. I think to start on the peace thing uh, first, I think putting our phones down more, Um, living in the moment. I I feel like life is right in front of us. And if we aren't careful, we'll live our whole lives, just glued to our screens and we'll miss what God's doing in reality. You know, like God is doing such big things in, in our real life, not on these little four by six screens. And so I think putting our phones down, that's a practical way. Not that we can't be on our phones. I mean, I'm on social media too, but I think I've been more mindful of like okay, you know what, I'm going to put my phone down and live in the moment and pray and just try to listen more. I think we have two ears and one mouth. So listening twice as much as we're speaking. And um, I think that's one way we can really experience God's peace. Um, uh, And then, you know, I think around the holidays, this one is easier with like just seeing God provide. I think I personally love that the holidays is a time of giving because I feel like when we give, we can see what God can do with our little bits. And, um, uh, so I think like around this time, I would challenge people to like, try to give more, give more than you ever have, because you'll see how God provides. Like, um, you know, it's easy to be like, I want this for Christmas and this for Christmas and this for Christmas, which is, you know, it's fun or whatever, but it's like, Let's focus on like giving, and it's just yeah. cool to see how God provides, uh, and um, and even not just yeah. you know,
0: financially. Like you can give financially if you if you can, and if you are able to do that, amazing. But even giving of your time, giving of your ears yes. to someone, just listening to them, being, being someone that people can lean on, someone that people can depend on. Um, we're at a lack of loyalty these days of people being dependable because it's easy with our phones, like we talked about, it's so easy to just like shoot a text or to like wait for the phone call to not go through. So you can text instead. So it's a little bit more detached and on your own time. And, you know, there's just ways that I feel like we've gotten away from being able to really depend on each other in a way that's healthy, in a way that's relational instead of just like, oh, I'll tap in when I can, or when I have free time or when I want to. And there's something to be said about that as far as like, you know, live your life. But there's also something to be said about being a dependable person and being someone that people can say, I can rely on them, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think too, um, with seeing God provide, I would challenge you to write down, like if you're stressed about something today, write it down, like put it in your calendar or like write it in a note in your phone. Or if you keep a journal, I personally can never keep up with journals. I don't know why I've tried so many times and I just fail. I like can't keep up with it, but I do keep um consistent notes in my phone. And so I challenge you to like, write down the things that you're stressed or worried about, or you're just like, how is this going to happen? Like kind of what we were talking about, write that down and just put it away. And I promise you check it in like a month or six months or whatever, like look back and I, it'll be cool if you pray about that I think it's cool to look back on the things that we're worried about and be like, oh my gosh, like God totally took care of that and like provided in ways that I didn't even think was possible. Cause I've done that. Like I've looked back five years ago at some of the stuff I was worried about or like working on or working towards. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like God had this happening and this happening and I didn't even see it yet. Like he was orchestrating some things that, I, that was just like behind the scenes. Um, so I would challenge you to write stuff down. I love that. I love that so much, whether
0: it's, you know, I'm I'm praying for a house or I'm praying for a car or I'm praying for, you know, to be able to buy my kids Christmas presents, you know, or whether I'm praying for a husband or wife or whatever, whatever you're looking for, whatever you have desire for. I don't think any any desire is too much for God. I don't think that I think God wants us to bring all of our requests to him to be confident when we come to him, knowing and expecting because we know, beyond know, beyond know, that his character is that he's our provider. And so he wants us to come to him as the provider, just like we would come to, you know, a father or someone who does provide for us that we know that they we're always going to be fed, or we know we're always going to have, you know, clothes on our bodies because they are the provider. We can know and count on them. I think God wants us to count on him the same way and have peace in that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Brings a, a I love that special kind of piece. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of this special series for Christmas. It means so much to me that you come on. I can't wait to hear your songs for everyone to hear your songs and jam out to the best Christmas music out there. Um, haven't heard by the way, she does have a Christmas song that is like all over Christmas radio all the time that she wrote a long time ago with one girl nation called joy. And actually, oh so funny, when I was a choir teacher, my students did cover this song and I said it to her. It was so cute.
1: Last yes. year. I so forgot beautiful. about that. It was so sweet. I loved that so much. It I'm was amazing. so beautiful. <laughs> it was so
0: fun. It's a really, really fun song, super kid friendly. Check that out if you haven't. It's called Joy. You'll probably hear it all over your radio, anyways, if you like to listen to Christmas music starting November 1st, like I do. Um, Same. but check out her stuff. You can follow her on
1: Instagram, Facebook all the socials uh, at Carmen Justice official yes
0: check out Carmen Justice official go buy her music check her out on Instagram follow her and we'll have her back soon thanks for joining us Carmen
1: absolutely Merry Christmas Merry Christmas <laughs>
0: I am so thankful that God is the source of my peace and that I don't have to muster it up myself because my life is just not that way. Thank you for listening. Next week, we have recording artist and worship leader, Sky Reedy, joining us to share her testimony with Jehovah Rapha. You don't want to miss it. Until then, don't lose hope.